Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Headlines across the NFL uh, a bit later this hour. Welcome to the final hour of Outkick 360 across the Outkick network as we broadcast from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Um, we'll get into some Titans discussion. They faced the Steelers this week, a Steelers team that is up against it, backs against the wall, needing to win, but in a division that is extremely winnable for any team across the AFC North right now, including the Steelers, who I had dead and buried. Quite frankly, I still do. I, I'm not buying that Pittsburgh's winning their division. Me neither. But they have as great of a shot right now, mathematically, as any team in their division, which was remarkable uh, considering where they were and how bad they've played at times. And they host the Tennessee Titans this week at home at Heinz Field with a chance to, again, get a leg up after getting a nice uh, win against Baltimore, falling on Thursday night football, but having the extra weekend of rest uh, to prepare for the Titans this week, Paul. And they, they the, the Titans are facing a, a Steelers team um, that is going to what we know. We know their identity. Physical football, tight football games, and a, a smash-mouth, hard-nosed mentality at the line of scrimmage. That's what the Titans are getting on Sunday. Yes, and they uh, they sack the quarterback very well. They, they've got one of the best in the league in T.J. Watt. Um, so <clears throat> that that element of physicality is is certainly there. Um, but this team actually is better passing and playing pass defense than it is running and playing run defense, which is unusual for the for the Steelers. So they're uncommon. It's an uncommon Pittsburgh team in that regard. They have so Najee Harris, who is outstanding uh, for his rookie season. He has over 60 receptions out of the backfield. He's rushed for over 800 yards, or if not over, right at 800 yards. And they're, they're not running the football at a clip that you would consider good for the Steelers' offense. Nothing consistent. But they have been able to run it at times. But Najee Harris is the player to shut down for the Titans' defense this week. Yeah, and he's not been all that they wanted him to be, right? Their offensive line has not been as good as it traditionally is either. So there, there yeah. are several ways that they're not the same. There are a lot of ways that they are the same, and that starts with Mike Tomlin and that, that whole mentality. And Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, I mean, if you're looking for a guy to affect in this game for the Titans, it's him. You've got the defense now that can affect him, and you know what he is. And there's a lot of people saying very nice things about Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, it's and tribute his, time. His career merits that. But Ben Roethlisberger right now is not the stud that Taylor Lewan says he is and everyone else, and they talk about Ben Roethlisberger. No, oh, they got this guy. He's still a stud. He's been a stud throughout his career. He is not a stud quarterback right now. And you can go win the game by getting to him. They've sacked, he's not capable of much now. They've sacked opponents 37 times. I think that's third in sacks per play. He's been sacked 30 times. So they might get to Tannehill, but at the same time, 
um, the Titans should be getting to Roethlisberger. Uh, always takes a second man to bring him down. He's still strong and sturdy and everything. The thing is, he doesn't get up as quickly as as he used to. It's they're, easier to wound him. They are, uh, in a way, uh, a lot like every AFC team that's like ranked fourth uh, in the seed through 10th right now. Uh, because on one hand, they played the Detroit uh, back in November, and they tie uh, 16 all in that tie. And then they play the Chargers on the road and what is a, ends up being a shootout on national TV, 41-37 or something was the final score. They lose that game. But then follow that up by getting just throttled by Cincinnati and then return home and beat, um, the, Ravens. beat the Ravens. So it, very up and down. Um, and, and for the most part throughout the season, close games. For the most part, even in their wins, but the you know they're they're playing um, they're playing fifteen to ten final scores, for instance, or twenty seven nineteen one possession games. I think that's what we expect this week for the Titans as they travel to Pittsburgh, which has not been um, a, a great place to play for any team, especially the Tennessee Titans. Heinz Field always tough. I haven't looked at the forecast, but you know it's not going to be that. it's not going to be a, a, a balmy. <laughs> it should not day. be. Do you yeah. guys think like I think that? Win this game. This is such a pivotal game for the Titans because I think if they go on the road and win this game, we are talking about number one overall yes. seed in a bye the yes. rest of the way. Lose this, you're just talking about winning the division who you're playing in the first round. Here's yes. a, That's he, the difference in this game. You he, win it, and all of a sudden, we're discussing number one seed in a bye. Yeah. Lose it, and we're not. I had this question. I threw it at Hutton earlier, not at you, Chad, but uh, this is popular on my, my Facebook page. Do you, who do you root for if you're a Titans fan in Patriots-Colts? Titans' magic number is two, right? They could clinch the division if the Colts lose on Saturday and they win on Sunday. But I would say root for the Colts to beat the Patriots. You're going to win the division. You just have to be a little bit more patient. But you want the Patriots to slide down yep. and get behind you. And the Patriots could conceivably lose to the Colts lose a little bit later, it might be next weekend already, Monday night, to Did the Bills. Yep. If the Patriots lost those two in a row, they'd get behind you. Colts lose to Arizona, whoever. You could, you could handle that by yourself with two wins, and then you've got a real chance at the number one seed because you have tiebreakers on virtually everybody else, but you don't have it on the Patriots. You need the Patriots to be behind you. Well, you can't I think tie them. I think the good news for the Titans is someone's got to lose that game, and that's a good development for the Titans. Whoever Either loses way. that game, both those games are at noon, correct? That's what I'm I'm checking right now. So yes, my uh, no, my answer. I thought the Saturday game. Uh, you know, Patriots Colts is the Saturday game. Okay, they're two yes. Saturday games. Seven. So it's weird because my answer is predicated on whether or not the Titans win. <laughs> If well, you, the don't, you don't get win, to know that information. If the games were flip flop and the Titans were on Saturday, I would say Titans win. Then you want. I'm rooting for a Colts win over the Patriots because then you're tied, losing the tiebreaker, but you're tied for the, the number Patriots. one seed at that point with the Patriots. Record wise. But if the Titans were to lose, I would be for the Patriots winning because then that gets you just even All right, closer. But you don't to get the, that information. So not having that information. I'm rooting for the Colts. I'm with you. Yeah. Patriots I, uh, lose because the possibility think? for the number one overall seed still exists. See, a lot of people on my page, ner- just they're just nervous. And they also, they can't bring themselves to root for the Colts. I told them to get over that. Root for the long-term best interest so, of your team. I, I don't 
I'm I'm he- I'm on the fence with this, and here's why. It's a good debate. It but is a good debate. I'm on the fence because there's a part of me that says you root for the Patriots to beat the Colts. That way, the following day, you can wrap up the division in Week 15 with three games to play, where you don't have to force AJ Brown back on Thursday Night Football. And force is a strong word there because he may not play when he's eligible to turn anyway. We don't know. But you 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 have some leeway on getting guys back for an offense that's desperate for it, and you can get overall just healthier and you wrap up the division and you know that you're hosting a playoff. If you game. win, you still have that time. I would um, yeah, but I, I I would want to cool off the Colts. Um but on, on the other hand, you want the number one overall seed for the bye. So it's uh, six here, half dozen the other way. Like I, again, it's. I think you want to wrap up the division uh, first and foremost. And I'm trying to think the way Vrabel would think. Vrabel wants the easiest path to a victory. So He's always talking about winning as early as possible in games. I think he was he would think about the division the same way. So you root for the Colts to lose and a Titans win, and you go ahead and wrap up the division. Um, and if you control, if if the Colts lose and you win. You're keeping pace with the Patriots anyway, and they still have the Bills down the stretch in some other games. Well, and think positively if you're a Titans fan. It's a good outcome either way. Either the Patriots lose or the Colts lose. It's going to be good for the Titans. But well, it, to me, it all centers around Titans in Pittsburgh. If they win, we're talking number one seed and bye. If they lose, we're just talking to division. So then, you again, it's good either it way. It turns that way, but then I'm almost saying, all right, then I want the Patriots to beat the Colts if the Titans were to lose. If, the Titans, if I know the Titans win, I want the Colts beating the Patriots to pull even with the Patriots in the loss column well, that's for the a, number one seed. Well, let's My also give the possible scenario. Let's, is, say the, let's say the Colts win because it doesn't yep. matter, and the Titans lose. All of a sudden, correct me on my math, they're a game and a half Within the tie game and a tiebreaker within. So, yep, they're so, one game in the loss column. So all of a sudden, a banged up roster faces some heat for the first time in a month and a half. A little pressure to win on a short week. Dun 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 dun. Little, <laughs> you lose the Colts win yep. on a short week. You turn around and have to host San Francisco. Meanwhile, the Colts get who? I mean, again, Arizona. Like, I think so. You could potentially again. All of a sudden, you're looking at down the stretch having to play your best. When I, I don't want to, I'm not on board with a team that limps into the postseason without something to play for. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with the idea that you need to be playing well in the final couple of weeks going into the postseason. You can't just turn it on and turn it off, um, which is why I want the Titans to get healthy and play their guys or healthier and play their guys, uh, even if they're 80, 90 percent. Yeah, Colts are at Arizona on Christmas Day. Point being, if the Colts win and the Titans lose on the road with Pitt, to Pittsburgh, which yeah. is totally plausible. That's plausible. You face some heat, which otherwise you wouldn't have if you get your pick of the Colts losing. If yeah. you go on the road and lose right. to Pittsburgh, you still have the same distance in the division. Go Pats. You're right. Hutton persuaded me. Go Pats. I, I, I'm going to develop I, a Boston accent over the I get what you're saying, the but there's a little bit element of fear there, which there should be. I'm, I'm still looking long-term saying... Ultimate goal for this team is more than a playoff game or two. The best route there is to get that damn by. Count on yourself to win on Sunday and and root for the things that align you up for that bye. But you've 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 talked me down to like fifty five percent rooting for that it's, from seventy five percent. Here's here's why you root here's why you go the Hutton route and you root for the Patriots to beat the Colts and bury the Colts. It's because you know the Titans aren't very good right now. Until they get guys back. Right. 
To me, if you feel like the Titans, and I feel this way about them offensively right now, they're not good offensively. No. Until they get either A.J. Brown or Derrick Henry back, and obviously, ideally for the playoffs, both of them. But until that happens, I'm probably now leaning towards rooting for the Patriots to beat the Colts because I'm not convinced the Titans can go on the road and beat anyone with this offense right also, now. Also, here's another. Yeah. I, I mean, you're so convincing then you root me for, for the that Patriots. side. You want to hear what And that's Pittsburgh- not fear. That's being reasonable based on injuries in your offense. Yeah. 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 What I had in front of me wasn't the right team, so I'm not going to read you that. Okay. That would, that would <laughs> you were looking at the line. Hey, are you, guys ready, are you guys <laughs> ready to laugh quickly? Yes. Um, Florida State has announced a contract extension for Mike Norvell. <laughs> Sweet. He is extended through 2026. The man is 8 and 13. You got to keep that. In guy. two years at Florida State, which prompted wow. college Is he football- making more than Mike Vrabel? Probably. College football memes on Twitter has a hilarious tweet. They, they retweeted uh, FSU football that said, happy to announce a contract extension agreement with that coach Norvell. And they said, amazing decision. He has an awesome top 10 wins list. And you get down to win seven and eight. It was Jacksonville State 2019, UMass 2020. The nine and 10 spots are both TBD. <laughs> top 10's list. He's got eight wins. That's funny. Eight and thirteen, and it gets a contract extension for Mike Norvell. I'm looking to see if there's any money leaking out there yet. We know we'll see it eventually. I don't see any. We scheduled to make. Uh, so the I'm basing this straight off of a Google search. That's all I do here. Uh, so I don't know the escalators That's in Vrabel's contract. Do. I don't know the escalators though. But the the base uh, according to Google for Vrabel is three million. So that's what I judge uh, the annual salary against, and his salary probably goes up. Um, like many coaches, but it's probably not much because the NFL doesn't pay their coaches as much as Power 5 college coaches. Mike Norvell in 2021 made 3.7, and next year prior to this extension, he's scheduled to make over $4 million to coach at Florida State. And again, Vrabel, on average, according to Google, makes $3 million to be the Titans head coach. I, I don't want to hear rationale about recruiting or any of that. I mean, he was signed through when? Before this. He had a six-year contract initially. Yeah, he was signed. So uh, I just had the story up. He was signed through 2025. This takes <laughs> There's him zero through, reason to this, do this. This takes him what, through 2026. What? What is prompts well, this? I don't. I don't know. Other than it's your sport. Other than the fact that if you're not giving your coach an extension right now. You don't have a very good if coach. Florida State. And they and want he's the not a coach, very good coach. They want the perception of that. Florida State head football he's coach Mike Norvell verbally coach. agreed to a one-year contract extension. Uh, Norvell, who is entering his third year with the Seminoles in 2022, is now under contract through the 2026 season. So it doesn't so say under- how many years they extended. They just said well, that it's well, through I, the 2026. I'm seeing one-year con- You said one-year contract extension. So he's under contract through 2025 before this. There's well, absolutely no reason. Oh, there. Yeah, sorry. One, you're right. One-year contract extension. Uh, Norvell says, I'm incredibly thankful to the Board of Trust, President McCullough, David oh, we Coburn, know. We know and Michael Offler for their support of our climb. Because of the investments they have climb. continued to make in the personnel and infrastructure supporting our program, our current roster will continue to develop alongside the future Seminoles who will be joining us in the coming days. This is an exciting time to be a part of the Florida State program, and there are great days ahead. This is all about... I'm excited. Miami and what's going on there with a new coach and a lot of security. Florida with a new coach. You are recruiting against those two in-state schools. And Florida State can't be left hanging out there saying, well, your head coach is 8-13. and We just started at our job. 
don't go sign with this guy. They're not committed to him long term. So, so this Mike one Norvell year is going to make a big difference. Mike Norvell and his agent, Florida State. It doesn't even matter. The point is, the news is out there. They gave him a contract extension. We're committed to Mike Norvell. So now Mike Norvell can go out and say, hey, they're committed to me here too, just like Mario Cristobal, who hasn't coached a game at Miami yet, just like our guy Billy Napier at Florida, who hasn't coached a game yet. They're equally committed at Florida State for that reason. I'm your guy. Come come to Tallahassee. College what football. A, what a business. College football has turned into for, from a coaching perspective in college in just the football aspect and, and maybe in basketball too. It's not do you have a good coach? It's do you think you have a good coach? It's all perception. It's, do you it, want people to believe you have a good coach? Right. That Michigan State is paying Mel Tucker nine and a half million on average per season because they think they found their guy. And this guy limped into the bowl season uh, when the schedule got really tough for Michigan State. They beat Michigan and then lost their way down the stretch of the season. But he got the extension anyway because of the perception he was going to leave. There wasn't even a perception that Mike Norvell was going to leave, to my knowledge. He wasn't mentioned anywhere. No. Why would he have been? Oh, he's 8-13. and 13. I mean, did Virginia want him? I mean, I mean, I'm, tra- I'm trying year, to think where, where he would have gone. They got off to an 0-4 start, and everyone was saying, man, Florida State is going to have to admit failure quickly again after the I mean, Willis Taggart. Was Florida tomorrow. International going to hire him? I'm, try- I'm trying to oh. figure out uh, which job was open um, that, that would have threatened to take I mean, Florida I, State's uh, Memphis would probably very average coach. Memphis would probably bring him back. Maybe Sorry, so. former Norvell assistant Ryan Silverfield. You're out. We're bringing our guy back. Coming up over the next uh, 40 minutes or so of the show, Vegas is getting a Super Bowl, according to reports. I'll tell you why uh, that was even in a, a question in all this and how Vegas is going to control the big events across the National Football League uh, for about the duration of Mike Nervell's contract. Uh, also, we will get into uh, Tennessee limping to the end of their recruiting uh, schedule, at least right now. But are they going to be as fruitful as they were last year in the transfer portal? We'll discuss that, plus some big issues and topics surrounding the Tennessee Titans preparing for Pittsburgh. It's all straight ahead on OutKick 360. Hit us up on Twitter at OutKick360. Glad you're with us. So Las Vegas... Uh, is going to be getting a Super Bowl. This is in... 2024. Yep. Yes, 2024. Down the road. But they're going to be the event city over the next three years because they are going to host the draft. They will get a combine. The idea is they're going to get a combine over the next couple of years because that's up for bid. And they should have had last year's draft. That got right, postponed. right. Um, and then they're going to host the Super Bowl. So all of the big events... Uh, that surround the NFL offseason, and you can argue there is no offseason, but you know what I'm saying here. Uh, it's all going through Vegas, and then it will lead up to the 2024 draft. But they are the, the the Super Bowl, excuse me. But they up their budget on their stadium. I didn't know this. Um, they put 40 to 50 million more into their suites to entice the NFL to take the Super Bowl to Vegas as early as 2024. That I, I, I find, find that, that interesting. hard to believe because um, you get it. You if you're uh, a new stadiums get the Super Bowl in in good weather cities or covered. 
they would have gotten a Super Bowl. They went above budget in order to ensure that they got the Super Bowl, according to reports. And I again, like I, I found that interesting just because I thought the stadium was good enough as it was. Yeah, yeah. Help, help me with this. When they say gets the Super Bowl in 2024, does that mean it's technically in February of 2024 at the end of the 2023 the season, or season. is it for the 2024 season? I would think the 2023. I'm very confused. They put that determined. in there when the when a, se- a season splits yeah. like that, and technically the game in 2024 will be the 2023 season, or are they saying the 2024 Super Bowl? which would happen in 2025. You're usually talking about the season, but that's a good question. I don't know. So it could be not next year's Super Bowl, but the year after. But see, I if would it's think... In, if it's in 2024 in February. Well, no, they've so usually decided that. It's ne- Next year is in Glendale. No, excuse me. Next year... Uh, this year is in LA. LA. Next year is in Glendale, and then the following year is in Vegas. That's so what it's, they're saying. It's, it's in 2024, the 2023 season. That would be the the 2021 season is in L.A. Yes. The 2022 season in Glendale. The 2023 season in Vegas. Yes. Which yep. happens in 2024. So that confuses me. That, I wish they would say the season. It's it's this it's the 2023 season will yep. conclude in Vegas, which is the 2023 Super yes. Bowl that happens to be played in 2024. Just a little pet peeve of mine. Yeah, I agree with that. It, you are the clarity. twenty. You are the twenty twenty one world champion if you win the Super Bowl that happens to take place in twenty twenty two. And they and then the following year will be in New Orleans, according to the Las the Las Vegas Review Journal that I'm reading. Uh, it's uh, because of the seventeenth game. It's Mardi Gras, is what they're saying. That's what. Backed oh, that's it up. why it got back. That's up. why it that's got right. moved to Vegas. So it was supposed to be in New Orleans. Vegas is getting it a year earlier than anticipated. I, I don't know. I I found it interesting though that he upped his budget. It's a two billion dollar stadium, and in the report last night that was circulating, Mark Davis up there. They went above. They went above the budget by forty to fifty million to upgrade certain suites to just guarantee themselves carte blanche, whatever they wanted with the Super Bowl. The combine's the thing that's upsetting to me. And I'm not saying this selfishly as a media guy, though selfishly as a media guy, I want it there. But you can't find anybody, coaches, scouts, um, marketing, any anyone that's involved in the combine ask John McClain who just brought it up right. how much he loves it yeah. but uh, even like from the player perspective I would bet you that players who have been through there would tell you that they liked it system wise you know we can't ask you about the next class coming through if they prefer it right but this is purely a money thing and a showy thing maybe it's better made for TV in Vegas than it was in Indianapolis. But even that, that's just on a field showing a guy running a 40 and that Does, looks the same anywhere. So it's simply a, a cash grab thing. There's nothing de- better about it in any other circumstance, in any other logistical way. There's no way it will be better anywhere else than it's been in Indianapolis. It should here, be in, Here's a prediction. In Indianapolis in perpetuity. Here's a prediction for you. I don't know what the contract is for the NFL with their official online gambling. Is it BetMGM? The official online. Well, they actually have relationships with two or no, three. No, but they, there's an official four. one like that's allowed. It's kind of like Papa John's with the pizza. Like they they put the official online whatever We're of looking the NFL. It up now. I'm willing to bet, pardon the pun, that that contract expires the year that they will take the combine. To Vegas. Caesars. And you will have Caesars, thank you. 
you will have the official online sports gambling uh, app for the combine that year when they re-up with whoever it might be. That's my prediction on that. I don't know the the contract. My guess is it's a lot like the television contracts that are re-upped every five to seven years. That That's how I would handle it. And that's why they want to take it to Vegas. Well, because they, they, want, me, they want odds better, on all of these events. Let, let, let me, let me reframe that, by the way. Else? They have three official sports said. betting partners right. that are all official NFL, so it's not just one. Uh, Caesars, DraftKings, FanDuel well, I bet, are the three official okay. NFL but books. what changes anything partners. for me as a better from it being officially connected to the NFL? Or changes those, well, those three? It's the, it's the NFL can, advertising and allowing your advertising in their games to say right. you're an official partner. Right. And well, there's a lot of signage and ads. For me? And, for me as a better, what, did, what does it do? It doesn't change anything for you, but the hope is it gets them more betters. Well, and they may, what they want are more of you. They may offer more, more official things through the NFL, uh, through their yeah, app. There could be some specials that Others that you are get. not allowed to advertise or promote. Um, you know, official fan offer instance, or whatever it might be. I don't know, but maybe you can bet on uh, league MVP, rookie of the year, like we've done things don't like know. that through the official partners. And because we have FanDuel, we can do that, and other sports books can't. I, I don't know if that's the case, but that could be one. But imagine, imagine one, uh, one online site having the rights, owning the rights to odds for the combine that will be in prime time. I mean, it'll be. You know, late afternoon in Vegas, it'll be in prime time live on TV networks um, on the West Coast or from the West Coast. I mean, I, to me, the, the, that's why they're going to take it there. there is, it's a money grab, but it's a big money grab that they're not going to get an Indy. Well, they're also going to take it to Arlington. They're also going to take it to SoFi. Oh, I should throw out that uh, Vegas is also going to host the Pro Bowl. On top of that, so like they're and again, that makes that Vegas makes is about to be the the hub for the league, uh, other than L.A. That Vegas' stadium is going to be on full display for all of the major events that the league puts on. I think guys would go to the Pro Bowl there if you're renting out yeah. the most posh hotel. I yes, would be yes. all for uh, a similar hybrid plan like you see with the SEC uh, with their men's basketball tournament. You know, here in Nashville, it gets it like what at three out of every four years, basically. Mm-hmm. It'll be in they they clearly have a preferred destination in Nashville for the tournament, but they'll farm it out to you know St. Louis or Tampa or wherever Atlanta every so often to somewhere different. I, I wish the NFL would say, "All right, Nashville is the usual home of the draft, and we'll splice in these other places. Indy is the normal home of the combine, but we'll try these other places out instead of a constant rotator." Every single year. The Super Bowl, obviously, is different. You want to go somewhere different every year and have those, that group of, of locales you go to you know, every 10, 15 years. But I like some normalcy in destination. I like Indy for the combine for that reason. Now, Indy's not the destination in February that I would immediately think about going for a vacation if you're the league, but it works for that event. Well, yeah, it, I wouldn't mind that. It works for the league when it, b- prior to it becoming the spectacle that it is. Whether we like it or not, they're putting it on in prime time. Uh, there's more media there than ever before on an annual basis. Um, you know, there's wall-to-wall coverage of guys on the bench press. I mean, it's just it's bizarre, but it's true. And ten years ago, that wasn't the case. You know, that, I remember Tim Tebow and the crowd he brought to Indy and the convention center at the time. 
and that being a massive story. And now your average wide receiver can pull that type of crowd and and, and media uh, attention. But they uh, can- there's they're putting this on in prime time, and unfortunately for Indy. Indianapolis is not your annual primetime location. But they could still do a primetime location and consider the logistics to keep it a compact convention-like thing. And I suspect, and I'm sure you do too, that they're not going to give any consideration to the compact convention-like thing. And it is a convention, and there's important stuff that goes on in the convention-like thing. They don't care about that, and they should well, it's just going to be a lot less attention paid to that convention when this thing moves to Vegas. With people like us and people working at convention. Well, not just us, but deals get done there. Yeah, but I'm saying deals oh, are going to get done But those deals are going to be table. spread out now. I yeah. guess. I, I mean, but we know what Indy is. You know, it's a convention by day and a gathering place by night. And there's one or two or three bars that everyone goes to in the league. Media also. And it's the one time where everyone is elbow to elbow with the powers that be in the NFL. Move that bad boy to Vegas and everybody's scattering about to different right. casinos they're staying at and not as much of that stuff is getting done. And a lot less work is getting done by media members and people around the league alike. Oh, they'll still get their work in. But they'll... The good ones will. <laughs> they'll still get their... Those videos will still take place. Uh, we've worked with people who won't get the work done. When they go when they go on a trip like that, that's true. So it's like I said, the good ones will do it both. They'll they'll play and they'll get their work done. Others will not. Um, Tennessee, Chad, um, what are you making of their recruiting class right now? And and really, does it even matter what happens tomorrow? Well, they're running into a, an age old problem with Tennessee, and that is uh, Auburn. Tennessee and Auburn have battled over more recruits than any two SEC programs. I mean, now you've got Alabama-Georgia going head-to-head. You know, you could find that rivalry with recruiting with different programs, but Tennessee is running up against Auburn with, I think, three of their four players that have not yet made a decision that will decide tomorrow. Uh, And it's not trending well uh, for Tennessee against Auburn uh, with some of these guys that's out there. Josh Heupel... Such appeal. Well, I mean... They've got it figured out at Auburn. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Joe Milton getting paid. Joe Milton did get paid. He stood in front of a room and let everyone know he got paid. Yeah, and look, I I think with NIL, they can all legally get paid now. I'm just telling you, I think whatever Auburn is selling right now may be bigger and better from a monetary standpoint than what Tennessee is selling. And you can say that's awful for the sport, all that. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just telling you, they figured out their system a little bit better when it comes to going head-to-head with Tennessee. Now, that's not to say Tennessee hasn't figured it out better than some other schools they might go head-to-head with and win on recruits against. We'll have to see how tomorrow plays out. Josh Heupel and the staff, they've done a nice job in the last two or three weeks to get this class right on the edge of the top 20 nationally. I said two months ago, if they can have a top 20 national class, regardless of where that is in the SEC, that is a small miracle based on where this class started, which was in the 50s and up against it with NCAA rumors and everything else, they are going to strike out big time in the state of Tennessee. They've got one player in the top 30 in the state, Cameron Miller out of Memphis. That's it. They are in on a lot of guys next year. They need to turn the tide with that one because they're losing out in state this year big time. Well, I don't uh, – maybe, maybe, I, I may regret saying this. I don't think tomorrow and this recruiting class matters a whole heck of a lot for Heupel. I – and. and 
you can call me stupid on that. I, I'm focusing more on the transfer portal again yep. for Josh Heupel. That's where I would look to cash in uh, with the impact players that he had this year out of the transfer portal and, and how, um, how they can get those guys to come in and solid players come in and make a true impact on your roster and put them around what's already a talented group made up of a lot of transfers. I respect the guys who decided to stick around that were recruits and, and were there since their freshman year. Love those guys. But for this year, I, if you're not going to capitalize on in-state recruiting, which he needs to do, I'm right there with you, Chad, on that. Uh, he's got to do that because there are strong players coming out of the state of Tennessee. If it, it, uh, That would be my focus, and I would then – it's more than a supplement. I would focus on the transfer portal for 2021. I, I, don't, I don't really – I mean, to me, the headlines that will go across this country tomorrow in regards to the early signing period don't mean a whole heck of a lot to me. It's a, it's a, well, it's I, a, a D-level headline for me tomorrow because of the transfer portal and the impact that all these quarterbacks and all these skilled position players are going to have on recruiting. But if you do I, – I don't disagree with you, but if you do that too many years in a row, you never have that freshman class growing, here's, growing up. Here's the problem with that, though. And, and this well, is those why, guys are all going to transfer out anyway. This is why I think you're, you're sort of right on this, Hutton, and this is kind of, I think, going to eventually be bad for the sport. Um, I'm not going to sit here and cry over guys making $4 million a year that's got a difficult job ahead of them. But it is damn near impossible to figure out the numbers game in college football right, right now. Right, Because you're trying to the, – the, the math equation that's out there of, all right, I've got 17 – I'm going with Tennessee right now. I've got 17 guys committed. I get 25 in this class, but I also get five bonus from a year ago. Um, I've got to make room for this many transfers. Oh, by the way, we might lose these four to nine guys after the bowl that's going to transfer. Are you factoring in Joe Milton, who hasn't told me his intentions yet to leave? That opens up a scholarship. So we have to look at the transfer portal. We have to evaluate how many of these guys that we're bringing in. Freshmen now are developmental players, right? If you're the freshman that Tennessee's bringing in, there's not a single guy there. Maybe one at receiver. Maybe the running back that's going to decide between Tennessee and Auburn tomorrow can come in and immediately contribute. The rest of them, you're banking on developing. But you can't count on developing them because they could decide after one year. I didn't play here. So I'm out. And this other coach at Louisiana is telling me I can go play there, so I'm going to go play there. It's why I don't even look at the class of a player anymore. Because it doesn't matter because it's all year to year. I don't even look to see if they're a sophomore, junior. Fix this. How many years? Because you're going to be all free. It's all free agency and no draft. There's no fixing it. Yeah. Unless you go back to the old transfer, there's no fixing well, you're this. You're gonna role. have to scale it. Well, but that is that. But going back to Tennessee and where I think they're at an advantage, Josh Heupel has shown he can bring guys in and get it done quickly. Um, Tennessee needs to add a receiver, a running back, and an offensive tackle on offense in the transfer portal. Those are the three positions they're going to need immediate help. They're going to need to hit defensive line in the transfer market because these freshmen aren't going to be physically developed enough typically aren't on the lines to contribute right away that they're bringing in. So go find that. A Juwan Mitchell, who came in a year ago, got hurt in game number two, started inside linebacker for Tennessee from Texas. You need a guy like that to get healthy. That's the numbers game that's going to be so hard for a lot of these programs. And it's not just you know Tennessee and Josh Heupel who's trying to build a program. It's difficult for Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, who are going to start losing more players now too. It's going to be difficult to figure out for every coach out there, some more so I, than others. I'm thinking as we're talking here, you know, maybe there's a formula inside of here that could save these smaller schools that take these 
huge, smaller, not well, I know what you mean. Smaller programs, not smaller student bodies. Right. That could save these schools that have to take these big paydays to go get their asses kicked somewhere to be more de- developmental minor league, right? They take the freshmen and sophomores that then go into the transfer portals for bigger things. But how is there any money in it? Right. There's, there's not. You're going to go say, hey, I'm going to go see the freshmen and sophomores. They're going to wind up on Tennessee someday out of the transfer portal. <laughs> Chad, you up for that? Let's go see that Saturday instead of seeing the juniors and seniors who came out of the transfer portal. Yeah, you up you for get, it? Like, Let's go. Come on. You have some sort of gentleman's agreement with incarnate word <laughs> if you're Texas and you play them every year and give them a check for two mil right. and you say, hey, uh, we got first dibs. we're going to pass these guys to you that we can't give a scholarship to right now. They can play and develop for you and in two years we'll call them up. We'll call them up to Texas, but you got to make sure that you coach these guys to come yeah. be Texas. And who's going, we'll to, watch, giving you who's the, going uh, to watch those guys outside of the student body and alumni of Incarnate Word? So you know? I didn't say Incarnate Word just by happenstance. Uh, they've got a quarterback, Cameron Ward. This is the, the flip side of the transfer portal that, that interests me. Cameron Ward is a 6'3", 220-pound pro-style quarterback that was a zero-star recruit that lit that level on fire because he was a wing T quarterback in high school that had no stats. He's probably going to go play for Lane Kiffin in Ole Miss. He's visited Ole Miss twice. Bailey Zapp was at Houston Baptist and set NCAA records at Western Kentucky as a passer this year in year one as a transfer. That's where it's going to get hot with the transfers. Zapp, one P or two? Two P's and an E. And an E. Yeah, at the end. But when you can go find the Kevin Ward, or sorry, Cameron Ward of Incarnate Word, that you can level up and get an immediate star that way, that's kind of the next frontier of the transfer portal, not just the Spencer Rattlers, which, sorry, South Carolina, you're transferring down from Oklahoma to South Carolina when you're Spencer Rattler and you lost your job. Coming up, Paul's got three things to watch as the Titans begin preparation for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's next on Outkick 360. Coming up Thursday, December 30th, we are excited for the Transperfect Music City Bowl. We're back. Pre-game party. We're back, baby. Post-game party, watch party. We're going to be here at 6th and Peabody, right here in the heart of Nashville, right behind the Music City Center, where you can join us, Old Smoky Moonshine, Yeehaw Beer, and uh, all of the Tennessee and Purdue fans here on site. If you're going to the game at Nissan Stadium later that afternoon, Join us for a special show. We'll be streaming live at 11.30 to 1 o'clock. We'll still have Outkick 360 live from 2 until 5 o'clock Central Time as well. Plenty of post-game celebration here at 6th and Peabody that day as well. That's Thursday, December 30th. They're going to have their special Big Orange Moonshine here that day for Vols fans going to the game. going to be a lot of fun, special broadcast, festive atmosphere, uh, we're going to have a good time December 30th again, 11.30 to 1 p.m., 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time. Hope you'll join us here at 6th and Peabody. Big I'll time. kick 360 big. rolls on. Uh, big time game coming up in week 15 for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, as they need to continue to win to stay on their postseason uh, playoff track. P- postseason hopefuls are the Steelers. The Titans feel as though they're the AFC South champs. Uh, the magic number is two, Paul. Any combination of Titans wins or Indianapolis Colts losses adding up to two will clinch the division for the Titans at this point with uh, four games to play. 
What are some things to watch for this week for this matchup between the Titans and the Steelers? Well, you don't usually think, hey, let's go to Heinz Field and run the ball. <laughs> but uh, they're giving up five yards a carry. Third worst in the league. Uh, really bad. Uh, actually, I think that's worst in the league. 139 and a half yards a game. There's room to run here. The Titans have proven that they could run without Derrick Henry. Their yards per game average without Derrick Henry is only 25 yards a game worse. That's a lot less substantial a drop-off than I think most yeah, of us imagined. Um, they can run it, and they well, need that, to run it. That really it helps what they did in New England with, with the 270. Yeah, but if you look at Derrick's thing, they, he had you know games over 200 also that skew skew the average yeah, but, consistent but yeah yeah the 270 boosted it because but, because prior to that game it was around like 117 a game and it dropped down to like 85 yeah well they had a couple 60s games in the 60s uh, in in LA and against the Saints but it's an average for a reason yeah um so there's room to run it uh secondly I'm putting David Questenberry on the hot spot uh, on the hot seat here uh T.J. Watt lines up on that side, and they have sacked the quarterback 37 times. This is a matchup to watch. watch. He needs some help. I don't think you know they may move him around. He's listed on the left, and I don't think they're going to say, hey, let's go test Lawan. They're going to say the, the Questenberry is the weak link here. Let's go get him. Well, they, let, let me pick up there. Lawan needs to be stout on the left. That way you can add – some help on the right. Yes. You know, both sides can't be in limbo there. But he's got the vast majority of those 37 sacks. Yes. That's it. You slow yeah. him down, take your chances with Hayward and, sure. and the rest of the bunch. And, you know, the Steelers have been in some close games. We talked about it. It's crazy to me. They have scored a ton in the fourth quarter. They have scored 49% of their points. I've been looking at this weekly, and I'm, I'm surprised at how lopsided some people are. 49% of their points, 133 points in the fourth quarter. 10 points over a 10-point average in the fourth mm. quarter. Second most is 64 in the second quarter. So more than double any other quarter they've scored in the fourth quarter. Some of that garbage points in, in comeback games that they're blown out, maybe. But it tells you they're fully capable of, uh, in some of these games, they're, very they're, confusing they're contending. Team. Um, so the Titans need to establish where they are in this game. Titans are very good at standing toe-to-toe with mm-hmm. teams in the fourth quarter. They need to be ready to do that. But ideally, again, you're in a situation where you'd like to not have to withstand something in the fourth quarter against them because clearly they, they can do that. Would you guys like to know the forecast on Sunday? Yes, please. We discussed earlier. 39 for a high, 27 for a low. Cloudy with nine mile per hour winds. There's nothing like walking to the car in that parking lot. Uh, It'll be in the 20s when you, when you leave p.m. at night. With the wind whipping. Paul, uh, something else to watch is what Vrabel had to say about Tannehill's play this past week on some of the hits and sacks he was taking. He was like, look, some of this is on Ryan, where he's got to know, he, he knows that he's hot, right? The pressure's yeah. going to come this way, and he's still hanging on to the football or you know, took a hit unnecessarily on, on certain plays. That's the other factor here is Ryan Tannehill need, <laughs> needs to feel the pressure. Yes. And get rid of the football this you know, week. A lot of media speak. I mentioned this with McLean. You know, we talked to Pat O'Hara, the quarterback coach today. And say, you know, when I pressed him on it, he's like, "Yeah, it's part of the position and everything." But they, they, they don't want to admit that there's any psychological impact of this stuff 
player because you know it's coming, because you know you have to rush, because you know the clock is different. It changes how you play the position. And inevitably, it does. How could it not? Whether you're going to admit it or not. Yeah, how could it not? If you're facing the heat. If you drop back and you know I'm going to get hit once a game, you've got a certain freedom. And if you drop back and you know you're going down five times a game and you're going to get hit another seven it changes things, and things have definitely changed for him this year for the worse. Teams want to hit the quarterback early and often so that you feel as though the presence is there throughout yeah, the game. Why that's Al why Davis all the defenses said that. Yeah. must go down hard and must go down early. Yeah, and uh, Roethlisberger has been going down as well. So this this should be – I don't know what the over-under so is for sacks no, in this game. So we'll see no sacks. Yeah, zero sacks and 50-49, to 49, the final score. All points coming in the fourth quarter. FanDuel.com slash OK360 for all of that. Uh, fun show today. Back at it tomorrow with primary complaint. Uh, plus, Dan Dockich will defend Urban Meyer. At least that's the oh, expectation. His buddy. Oh, he did it on Monday that's when I next. was on there. That's uh, coming up tomorrow on Outkick 360. Hey, don't block the box, but be sure to lock your locks.